We don't like to do our work. And then we want to sit up here and pray for financial blessings. Why? So you can continue to not be a good steward. That doesn't make sense. If you are brand new to the Redefining Wealth family, then this episode is going to catch you up to speed about what the six pillars of wealth truly are. And if you are an OG listener, purpose chaser, then welcome back and stay tuned because you also, I believe, need a refresher on what the six pillars of wealth are and how you can use them to actually get results in your life This year. But before I dive into the details, let's get to the affirmation of the week. You know, you got to speak positivity into your life, into your day. You got to affirm positivity, you got to affirm abundance, you got to affirm yourself to wealth. This week's affirmation is, my pillar mastery is essential to my peace. I recognize that achieving harmony in the key areas of my life, fit, people, space, faith, work, and money is fundamental to my overall well-being. With dedication and intention, I strive to excel in each of these pillars, finding harmony and contentment. I understand that nurturing my physical, emotional, and professional aspects contribute to a fulfilling life. I embrace the journey of continual improvement, and by mastering these pillars, I ensure a life marked by serenity and happiness. My pillar mastery is essential to my peace. All right. So here's the deal. When I launched the Redefining Wealth podcast in 2017, I was very, very thoughtful and intentional about how I laid out the pillars. So for those of you who don't know or need a little refresher, I actually was a financial management consultant way back in the day in 2011 and some of 2012 with a financial education nonprofit. And so when I was working with clients, it was supposed to be just around helping them get their credit scores together, uh, learning how to budget, maybe some debt elimination strategy. And what I realized in talking to people day in and day out where there were so many other parts of their lives that were impacting their ability to take my financial advice. The thing is, we think that, you know, success with finances is all about skill set. But the truth is, 80% of it is about your mindset and your beliefs, which dictate the actions that you take with your life, but also your money, right? And so not only in my own life, but in the lives of hundreds, if not thousands of clients at this point, I can truly tell you that living by the pillars and having a process for how you process the things that come up in life, utilizing these pillars are such a game changer. And I think that for years, as you guys have heard me, you know, say fit pillar, people pillar, you know, faith pillar, you assume certain things based on your experience or your background. And I don't think that we always get to the heart of what I actually mean and how these things are really connected to your finances. Now, you also may not know that I was so fascinated by this work. 
for so many years uh, that when I finally discovered that there was a discipline called financial psychology, not only did I go get certified in financial psychology, I also got an MBA in financial psychology and behavioral finance. So please trust me when I say that there is so much rooted in this work. And if you have struggled with budgeting or with maintaining your credit or achieving any, you know, number of financial goals that you desire, I truly believe that this is a process and a method that can be a blessing to you. But you have to really know what it truly means and how to lean into it. So with that being said, let's dive in. So the first pillar of redefining wealth is fit and fit is about becoming your best self. Now, I am very clear that if you're listening to this podcast, you have a vision for your life and you have things that you want to achieve. If that's the case, it is your duty and responsibility to protect the only vessel that you're going to get to execute the vision. That means mind, body and spirit has to be in order and aligned with the things that you say you want. And overwhelmingly in this community, you know, I think sometimes we lean into thinking that it's just about being physically fit. So yes, I talk about going to the gym. Yes, I talk about nutrition. Yes, I talk about all those things, but the fit pillar is not about a number on the scale and it's not about a dress or pants size. The fit pillar is about you literally feeling like your best because when you don't, There is no way for you to confidently step into the things that you say you desire. For many years in my own life, you know, when I started out in this career, I would be praying, God, enlarge my territory. I want to go all over the world. I want to help people everywhere. And the truth is, I couldn't breathe in the townhome that I lived in going up and down the stairs. The truth is, like, even though I looked relatively thin, I was extremely un healthy. And I allow myself to get to the point of burnout and exhaustion all in the name of pursuing my purpose. It is very easy for us to make our endeavors sound very noble and then use that as an excuse to not take care of our physical bodies and to allow ourselves to just run ourselves into the ground, especially as women, because as women, we learn And we are indoctrinated to nurture everyone else. And sometimes we do that to the point of just not only putting ourselves at the bottom of the list. Many of us have learned to nurture our spouses or our aging parents or our children over and above ourselves. And we just take ourselves off the list completely. Right. And so if you are going to fully step into purpose and chase purpose, not money, then you have to have the energy and the stamina, and the strength to actually do that. I don't just work out regularly or religiously because I'm trying to look good. I am trying to look good, but it's not just because I'm trying to look good. It's because I understand that in order to pursue my purpose and build the monetary wealth that I say I desire, I have to just feel good. I have to be able to get up and do the work. And I have to be confident enough to get on the stage, to get on the camera, to get on the mic and do the thing I'm called to do. Now, I don't know what that looks like for you, but whatever you are called to do, it's going to require you to show up as your best possible self. And I'm sorry, if that means eating less fast food and eating more produce, 
so be it. If it means not binging on caffeine and soda pop all day and actually drinking water, then so be it. Sometimes we think that these decisions are just for surface level reasons, but it's so much deeper than that. And when you connect how you treat your physical body to what you feel purpose to do and really connect to the bigger why, it will truly help you sustain the habit and the routine and the rituals you're trying to build in that area. The other thing about the fit pillar you need to understand is it's not just about being physically fit. It is so much about being mentally fit because many of us are praying for things that we don't have the mental capacity to sustain. The truth is, if you got the thing you were praying for today, would you be able to hold it or would you self-sabotage? And that's a really hard question for many of us to sit with, but it's an important question to answer for yourself. Because I know that, man, I feel so blessed that I started therapy at 22 years old. I can tell you wholeheartedly that just because of the way I grew up, feeling like the ugly duckling, being told I was the one who was too dark, I was too skinny, my lips were too big, my eyes were too weird, I did not like to be on camera, I didn't like to smile, I didn't like to really be in front of people, but... I was being called in so many different points in my life to take the stage. When I was a little kid, I was being called to take the stage. And for so many years, I remember being so shy and shying away from those things because I didn't like people looking at me. And it wasn't until starting therapy at 22 years old where I learned that the people in my family who told me that I was I was the ugly one, those people were hurt. And so hurt people hurt people. This is where I learned to forgive. And I understood that forgiveness was giving up the possibility of a better past. This is where I learned that God made no mistakes on me. And exactly what you see here on this face is what would be used to do the thing I was being called to do. The truth is that many of us think that we need to go get more certifications and more degrees and all the things. But what we may really need to do is go sit on somebody's couch or get on somebody's Zoom and really start to heal that childhood trauma. Because I don't care if you're 25, 35, 45, 55 or above, there is likely something that you experienced in childhood that is still running the show today. And for all the things that you say you desire and you say you want, that are the things that are the key to unlocking more financial wealth in your life, If you don't get this fit pillar straight, you're going to continue to go in circles because your business, your finances and your purpose will only grow to the extent you are willing to heal. So if you need to do some work in this area, which none of us are above it, I don't care how amazing you think your childhood was. There could have been one thing that somebody said that is still playing in the background and preventing you from taking your rightful place on stage, even though you can see it in your mind, you're too afraid to step forward and do it because of something that hasn't healed yet. And so if you really want to get to the wealth that you say you desire, then you're going to have to take care of the fit pillar and become your best self, both mentally and physically. The Institute for Redefining Wealth offers a 12-month journey to help you redefine wealth using our unique yet proven framework for financial wellness. 
We'll be your accountability partner, providing clear success paths, resources, and motivation to keep you on track as you work toward your professional and financial goals. Join me along with Purpose Chasers from all around the world as we level up pillar by pillar to achieve the lives we say we desire. It all begins with a 30-day authentic alignment audit to identify areas of your life that just may be out of sync with your goals. You'll gain access to in-depth training modules, categorized podcast selections, monthly pillar themes, and challenges with cash and prize giveaways, as well as a resource library tailored to your chosen membership level. For more details, visit redefiningwealth.institute. That's redefiningwealth.institute. I can't wait to see you there. Now, the second pillar is people. And people is about creating relationships that matter. And this is personally and professionally. Again, many of us are praying for certain levels of success and opportunity. And we don't realize that it's the relationships that are all around us that will get us there. But relationships are often next to health. The first thing that we abandon in our pursuit for success So we start to believe that if I want to get to a certain level, then it's okay to miss my children's sport events. It's okay to not sit down and have dinner with my loved ones. It's okay to not call. It's okay to not visit. How can it become more important for you to be out in the world serving other people, but the people who you say you love don't feel served at all by you? Like make it make sense, right? We tend to perform better out in the world and in the workplace when our personal relationships are intact. I know for myself, I was on a book tour in 2014 and I remember I was just going from city to city and I was speaking at all these colleges and I had all of these young girls coming up to me, "Uh, Miss Washington, I just love you. I'm inspired by you, all the things. And it felt so good until I got home. And I got home and my daughter, Reagan, who was seven at the time, was trying to tell me a story. And, you know, little kids, they get into them stories and they go round and round in circles. And she's telling me this story and she keeps saying, Miss Angela, Miss Angela. And then this happened. And I'm like, Reagan, it's mommy. She was calling me the nanny's name. And she had become so accustomed to talking to the nanny about her day and everything that was going on with her. That by the time I got home, I was like leftovers. Like it was, it was like she could take me or leave me. And if she was talking to me, she still felt like she was talking to Miss Angela. It broke my heart. And that is the place and the time that I learned that even when I'm home, it's not enough to be physically present. I have to show her like my presence. Like when she's talking to me, I learned to put the phone down and remove the distractions and give her my undivided attention, just as I would a client and just as I would in an interview situation or anywhere else. She deserved the same level of attention and intention that I will give something in my work pillar. How often do we say, as mothers especially, who are working outside of the home, that we have mom guilt about having to go, you know, to and fro and do all the things and other people have to help pick up our kids and all this stuff. But then when we are in front of our kids, we still don't give them the undivided attention. My mom guilt started to clear up 
And I started to be able to confidently hold that at the time I was called to be Reagan's mother, but I was also called to be America's money maven. And there was space for both, but I needed to treat it sacredly so that when I was with my daughter, I was not thinking about work and I was present with her. But then when I went out to do my thing, I wouldn't have to worry if she was looking to someone else as her mom or if they were just my support. And I can say confidently now that Reagan is 16 years old. Many of you watch our antics and my stories on Instagram that we have such a close bond. We are so tight. We're, I mean, it's crazy how much I love this child and how much she calls me her best friend. I think she is the most incredible person in the world because for these last several years, I've actually stopped and taken time to get to know her for her, not for what people called her mini money maven because she's definitely not a little version of me. She is her own woman and she's becoming her own force, but that needed to be nurtured. What am I saying? My career took off exponentially when I cleaned up my relationship at home with my child. And I think sometimes because we're looking to build a business and career and fit our lives in wherever we can, we get it a little twisted. And the more I focused on her and my home life, really, the more I attracted in my business life anyway. So personal relationships do matter and should be nurtured with the same attentiveness that we do anything else. But the other piece to this is something that my mentor, Steve Harvey, taught me through just an exchange that we had when I was in college. And it is basically that there's always someone watching you who has the power to bless you, but who are they watching you be? This has served me so well professionally. I can't tell you the number of opportunities that I've had, not only from being on the Steve Harvey show for four years or being on Dr. Oz regularly or all of the stages that I've spoken on, Even now, being on the PBS show, Opportunity Knocks, all of these things have come from relationships, not from me ever having to pitch a thing. And I'm not saying that there's something wrong with pitching, but I am saying that when we live our lives professionally, as if it's all about getting to, you know, the person at the top or the person we think who can make a decision and we neglect all of the other people. Some of you walk in spaces, I've seen it, I've experienced it, and you have no regard for whoever's answering the door, the janitor, the assistant, anybody else. You don't know how much those people have the ear of the person you're trying to impress. And you think, it happens to us all the time. And in my own own company, when I run programs, I tell people straight up, my clients all know, Treat my team as you would treat me. It does not matter to me if you are kind to me and then talking crazy to one of my team members. It is unacceptable. And then those are usually the people, the ones who talk crazy, who want to circle back and ask me to do a favor. I would never. I don't care if you're a client. I don't care what it is. I would never. If you don't honor and respect all the people that are around me, I ain't got it. (laughs) I just don't have it. Every other month, I attend a Super Friends brunch where we talk about everything from purpose to pursuing new dreams and even 
menopause. Yep, you heard me, menopause. Because if you're over 40 and your girlfriends don't keep it real, I don't know what to tell you. But we have these important conversations because how can we redefine wealth if we're not keeping up with our hormonal health? Now, we discovered Happy Mammoth. It's the company that created Hormone Harmony and it's dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for us. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. Hormone Harmony contains herbal extracts called aptogens that help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally. And any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take Hormone Harmony. It's perfect for hot flashes, night sweats, menopause-related brain fog, sleeplessness, occasional bloating and gas. You get the picture. Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com by using the code RW at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RW for 15% off. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. And I don't think that you should be kind in order to get something in return. But man, does kindness go a long way. There's always someone watching you who has the power to bless you. You never know how someone can directly or indirectly put you in position to experience your next level of purpose and your next level of wealth opportunity. You just don't know. So do the right thing. Now, the next pillar is the space pillar. And it's about setting up your life to support you. And then the space pillar, the thing that I want you to remember uh, more than anything else is that we believe here at Redefining Wealth that clutter is the physical manifestation of chaos in your mind. So if you are dealing with a lot of challenge and struggle in some area of your life, maybe it's in one of the pillars, I guarantee you that there is a physical representation of that struggle. For me, I remember years ago being in the extra room uh, that we used as the office, but we also 
used it as like the storage space where everything that came in went to die. You know what I'm saying? Like the Amazon packages, you haven't opened any boxes where you don't quite know what to do with the stuff. Everything just goes in there. But it was also my office. The problem is I was working on my book at the time, one of my first books, and I kept finding myself getting stuck in the writing process. I'm sure you've heard of writer's block. And so I had writer's block. I would sit down to write and I couldn't quite, you know, come up with all the words, even though I had an outline and the ideas in my head. And I was just getting frustrated. And then one day I took a look around the room that I was sitting in and I thought to myself, is this the space of a best-selling author? If I'm saying that my vision is to become a best-selling author and I want people all over the world to receive these words and this, this download that I feel like I have to offer, is this the space of someone who would carry themselves in that way? And I looked around the office with, if we can call it an office, but this extra room with laundry piled up with all of this stuff around. And I thought, no, this is not that type of space. I couldn't imagine one of my favorite authors sitting down to write a love offering to me as like their audience, somebody in their audience in a space like this. And it instantly got me into action. And I started to clear up and clean up anything in that room that did not serve me. And we reorganized everything and we added structure to it. And before you knew it, the book was complete. And that would be, I believe it was my first book, the first of five books, right? And getting ready to start on a sixth book. What am I saying? We don't understand how physical clutter can literally rob us of creativity and it can rob us of the mental clarity that we need to get to the thing. I have created amazing results and revenue from my writings. But I think about going back to that first book in that makeshift office where I was not honoring the space originally. And if I hadn't cleared that up, all the things that would not have come. My second book is what landed me on the Steve Harvey show for four years. It was going there to launch that book. My third book, I believe, third or fourth book is what really launched me on the speaking circuit. This fifth book was a part of the Redefining Wealth podcast and all the things, Redefine Wealth for Yourself. There would have been so many things that were cut off had I not been obedient to just clearing up that space. And a lot of us think, oh, I could function and organize chaos. You think you can, but imagine what you would be able to do if you just tidied up a little and just gave things a place and just started to declutter. Because I guarantee you when you do that, you'll recognize that you have been carrying things from one place to the next, from one season to the next that no longer serve you. And those things are energetically blocking the money that you say you want. Money is energy and it's currency. It has to flow. And when you continue to keep all of this other clutter around you, you are the one preventing it from flowing. So that is the root of the space pillar. And it's one of those areas that I really, really suggest you look at because it'll give you a quick win. So if you need to find that little drawer in the kitchen that you call a junk drawer, but it's really supposed to be a utility drawer, if you got to clean out those soy sauce packets from the pandemic and you got to get all of them old straws out of there that you know you're not about to use, like clean it out and watch your space pillar soar. 
clean out all the stuff in your kitchen and watch, like, just watch how you start to get in the flow. I hear from clients every day and from people who listen to this podcast that when they start taking the space pillar seriously, they feel lighter. The weight of all the things around just doesn't seem to be as heavy, but you get to start the process, even if it's one drawer or under your bed or a closet, just start somewhere. And I guarantee you'll start to feel some relief. Now, the fourth pillar is faith. Faith is about believing in something greater and do not challenge me about why faith is fourth. Because I know some of y'all who grew up like me going to church 25 hours a day, eight days a week, want to say that faith should be first. But here's what I know to be true. We tend to use faith as a financial crutch and not do our work. The reason that fit and people and space comes first is because it requires you to give God something to bless. Are you ready for Redefining Wealth Live 2024? I hope so, because we already have everything locked in and all we need is you, October 11th through 13th in Atlanta, Georgia. Do not miss this. Right now, we have early bird tickets on sale. You know you want to come, so you might as well lock in that ticket right now. Click the link below or go to RedefiningWealthLive.com to secure your seat today. We don't like to do our work and then we want to sit up here and pray for financial blessings. Why? So you can continue to not be a good steward? That doesn't make sense, right? The faith pillar is a touchy one because y'all be real churchy. I know you do. I talk to you every day. Y'all be so churchy. But how about we exchange all the churchiness for actually leaning in to all this stuff that we say we're reading in our sacred text. Now, I know that everyone who is in this community does not identify as Christian, and I love that, and you are so welcome. I honestly don't care what you say you believe in, but I do believe that the journey to creating the type of financial abundance you desire will require resilience. And whatever you say you believe in, you need to be rooted in how to weather the storms and have hope when all hell feels like it's breaking loose. So the only way that we do that is to actually practice the things that we say we believe. The only way we do that is to practice what we say we believe. The only way that we do that is to make time for what we say we believe. If you are not putting anything related to your faith on the calendar outside of Sunday morning and there's six other whole days a week, then can you really say that that's what you believe? Can it even have a chance to really take root? Can you even start to really practice it? This is why whenever we come up against financial struggles or any type of struggle, most of us fall apart very quickly. We have nothing to lean into. We have nothing to stay grounded in. And the faith pillar is just a reminder that nothing in life is happening to you. It's happening for you. But it is a mindset that has to be built like there is a intestinal fortitude that has to really be built. And it only comes through that faith muscle being built. Whatever you say you believe in, it only comes through the faith muscle being built. You can only build it doing the little things so that when the big things happen, right, you are prepared and you are grounded. 
I know that the only reason that I'm still here, still kicking, still doing this thing is not because I'm the most talented podcaster. It's not because I'm the best speaker out there. It's not for any of the things, oh, my book sold the most. Absolutely not. It's because I know who I am and whose I am. And I recognize that everything that I have experienced is, I believe, working together for my good. I choose to believe that as a byproduct of my faith pillar. I choose to believe that the betrayals, that the heartbreaks, that uh, the frustrations, even the foreclosure I experienced back in the day, the car repossessions I experienced back in the day, the eviction notices I have experienced, all of those things have come together to give me the compassion and wisdom that I have in order to support you on this journey. So I don't regret or resent any of it, but that resilience, it was built in a prayer closet. That resilience was built because my calendar says faith pillar every morning. And it says, pray, meditate, and journal. Those practices have been a consistent blessing to me. So when you look at me, you say, you're just so strong. It's been built over time. You can't desire someone else's results if you're not willing to put in the same type of work. And I truly believe, especially in talking, you know, to so many of my clients in the Institute uh, for Redefining Wealth, that so many people are on the verge of like their next level of purpose and the thing that is really going to be prosperous for them. But that faith pillar piece, because it's not built, they shrink they feel like they have to listen to other people all the time and not the spirit that's within. They always feel all these levels of imposter syndrome and feeling like they weren't really called to do the thing. It's just too much. Build your faith pillar and watch your finances flourish more and build it from a genuine place, not from just using faith as an excuse to not do your part. The next pillar is work. Work is about living your life's purpose and the thing that I want you to know about this is, first of all, I believe that there is a clear distinction between passion and purpose. So a lot of people will say out there that, well, if you follow your passion, the money will come. I don't believe that. I believe it's a lie from the pits of hell. I believe that you can be extremely passionate about something and not proficient. So I'm passionate about singing, sing in the shower every single day, two times a day. You would never pay me to sing at a concert. You would never come to see me. You could be as passionate as you want about something, but the reality is passion is what energizes you. It's what excites you. It's what lights you up. It's the thing that you can do all day and the whole day will go by. And you won't even realize you didn't eat. You didn't do anything else. Passion serves you. But once we get into purpose, it becomes how do you use your God-given gifts to actually be a blessing to others? If that thing only serves you, it's passion. But once it starts to be of service to other people, it's purpose. It is okay to have a hobby that you are passionate about. It is so okay to do that. But in the thing that you do 40, 50, sometimes 60 hours a week, it better feel like purpose. Because if it doesn't feel like purpose, what it does is creates a void. And what we typically try to do is fill that void by buying more things and by buying people. So we start to use our money to earn love or to show that that's how we love someone. We will give it away. We'll do all of this stuff. But the truth is you're just not happy 
you're not truly fulfilled doing what you were called to do. And this doesn't mean that you have to be an entrepreneur. You can use your gifts to serve others in somebody else's workplace. I hate the fact that, you know, entrepreneurship is glorified and having a job is demonized. Even as someone who's been an entrepreneur my entire life, I truly believe that the most important part is that you are using your gifts in a place that are appreciated and nurtured and valued. That's what it really comes down to. Because when you're not, what happens is you will start to question the gift, right? You might be using the right gifts right now, but in the wrong place, in the wrong ministry with the wrong people. And if that's the case, you're always going to question the gift and it's going to keep creating that void and you will go in cycles of burnout and confusion, constantly chasing the next thing, constantly chasing some form of validation and not ever feeling truly fulfilled. And when we don't feel fulfilled, this is how we end up mismanaging our finances. So this is why working in your purpose is one of the most important things you can do to secure your financial future, because that way you won't feel compelled to blow the money doing all these other things when you already feel really good about how you show up, where you show up and who you serve in the world. And the last pillar is finally the money pillar. And the money pillar is just about attracting the prosperity you desire. And I truly believe that when we start to do the work to clear the clutter and all the other pillars and really take our time to be radically honest about where we are in those pillars and then radically honest about what we truly desire and start to take the steps to actualize that in our lives, you will be amazed at how you attract opportunities for more financial wealth. And then, because you're not so unfulfilled in all these other places, you'll actually finally be able to apply all the skill set stuff you've heard all along. You know, most people think about the money pillar as saving more, earning more, spending less, budgeting wisely. All of that stuff is true. But have you ever stopped to ask yourself, why can't I just do the simple things I've heard over and over again? You probably can't do it because you're frustrated and you're unfulfilled and you're going in circles and spirals of confusion in one of the other pillars. And I promise you that as you start to do the work to clear those things up, it will start to feel like magic how much you're able to truly hit the financial goals and objectives you have. Because mindset wise, you're solid, right? Physically, you're in a good place. You're not spending all of your money on prescriptions you can't pronounce because that's definitely not the goal, right? People pillar wise, you're not trying to be out there earning other people's love and affection. You are nurturing the relationships you already have and the ones that are near and dear to you. So you don't have to blow money on people or try to buy their love and all this other stuff because you're giving them your time and your presence. You're honoring relationships anyway, right? In the space pillar, you won't have to keep buying things you already own because you can't find it like many of us do. And then saying we don't have enough money to save. You will be so much more clear to create a sacred space and also just a strategy for how you want to hit your own financial goals. In the faith pillar, you won't have to keep praying these impoverished prayers, asking God to just get you to tomorrow when really you want to thrive. Yes, many of us grew up in spaces where our parents didn't have the luxury of healing and we learned to just pray for survival. But you have gotten 
I'm sure a lot of opportunities that the people who came before you did not have. And so now our language, even in our prayer life, has to change so that we are looking to thrive, not just survive, right? Living and working and breathing in your purpose and the fulfillment that that adds when you see how you and all your imperfection and your flaws can still be a blessing to someone else because of your gifts, that changes so much. When all these things come together, I'm not saying that it'll be easy, but I am saying that the financial goals that you want to reach become easier to see, easier to plan for, and easier to achieve. So this is the premise for the Redefining Wealth podcast. It is the premise for my life's work at the Institute for Redefining Wealth. And if you desire to get support in knowing exactly what you can be doing to improve in each one of these pillars, I want to invite you to the Institute. You can find out more in the show notes below. It's at redefiningwealth.institute. And I would love to have you in one of our programs that are all 12 months self-paced, but you will be in the most like-minded and like-hearted community of purpose chasers from all over the world. And I just really want to encourage you to just set your life up by this. It may sound overwhelming, but the truth is you're already living all of these pillars out. You're just doing it with no strategy, no plan, and no intention. And having the pillars and using them as a framework allows you to keep an awareness and just check yourself on where you are at all times so that when something feels off, you know which pillar you may need to tap into a little bit more in this season to get you to the results you desire. So I would love to hear from you. What pillar do you feel you're best at in this season? And what pillar do you think needs a little attention? Share with me in the comments. I would love to support you. And if you know, I know you know other people who need to hear about these pillars and see if it's something that they would like to set their life up by, please share this episode. Until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.